0: I begin to pray this evening again and say, Lord, as your word will be coming forth again, let your word again renew my mind. Let your word again renew my mind. Let your word again this evening renew my mind. It's through the renewal of our mind that we understand the big, the, the purpose of God in every situation of our lives. Otherwise we will always, always interpret the events of our life the way the world wants us to. But let us pray and say, Lord, this evening again, we open ourselves to your word, and we just ask, Lord, that by your word, you will help us. The word of God will be coming your way. Say, Lord, open my heart to understand. Let my mind be renewed by your word this evening. Let my mind be renewed by your word this evening. Pray. Pray. It's an ongoing thing. We keep renewing our minds. We keep renewing our minds. Lord, we give you praise. Begin to thank Him because He has heard you. You have asked that He sends His words to you. He has heard you. And He's going to do exactly that. To send His words to you and the Word will renew your mind. The Word, set, the word will set you on a path. And that path is a path of righteousness. And it's for His namesake. Thank Him. And say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. For your Word that will be coming my way. For your word, the Lord, will grant me understanding of your will. We give you praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you've gathered us again this evening for your glory. We give you praise. Speak to every heart here. Above all, let Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed.
1: Alright, the Lord is good.
0: I said the Lord is good.
1: If you believe, it, give me an amen. amen. Before we take our seats, can we take our declaration? We all know what it is. Are we ready? All right, let's take the declaration. One, two, let's go. Now I, right, I declare that the Lord has given
0: me the spirit of
1: wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in our spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. 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 I said amen. amen, and that will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. Greater manifestation of the image of Christ, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Can you just bless somebody like that on your left? Tell the person, Greater manifestation of the image of Christ, that will be your portion. Please bless somebody. Tell the person, Greater manifestation of the image of Christ in your life, that will be your portion. Do at least three people. Aha. Uh-huh. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's take our seats. The higher purpose of Christian prayer. Let's open our Bibles again. Second Chronicles chapter 1, from verse 7. In that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, Thou hast dealt with my father David with great loving kindness, and hast made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, thy promise to my father David is fulfilled, for thou hast made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before these people, for who can rule these great people of thine? And God said to Solomon, Because you had this in mind, we ask. Based on what we have been thinking about, we ask based on things that have filled our thoughts. He said, because you had this in mind, and did not ask for riches, wealth, or honor, or the life of those who hate you, nor have you even asked for long life, but you have asked for yourself wisdom and knowledge, that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge, have been granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings which were before you has possessed, nor those who will come after you. Please bear that in mind. Quickly, let's open to the book of Matthew. I want us to read um, one or two more. Matthew chapter 8. This is a story of the centurion from verse 5. And when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, entreating him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, verse 10 is the reason why we are reading this. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Please bear it in mind. Let us read that portion uh, where Jesus was speaking. That the things that he said, the rest of the things he said. And I say to you that many shall come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, let it be done to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very hour. All right, quickly, again, open to Matthew chapter 15. See in that book of Matthew from verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew. Into the district of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman, the other one was a Roman centurion, this time a Canaanite woman, came out from the region and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, Send her away, for she is shouting out after us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread that they called her and I was sending her, and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, <laughs> Yes, Lord, I know that I'm not arguing on that matter. But let's look at this side of it. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, your faith is great. Another example of great faith. Be it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Please, I want us to notice these two portions of the scriptures we have read here in the book of Matthew. I will combine that with what we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Let me just start again by explaining that one of the things that God wants to deliver us from is self-centeredness. You hear what I said? One of the things God wants to deliver us from is what? Self-centeredness. And until we remove self-centeredness from our prayers, faith will not be abundant in our hearts. Let me make that statement again. Until we remove self-centeredness from our prayers, faith will not be abundant in our hearts. I've made this statement. We're talking about building up your, your faith. Faith is not something, you know, it's not, there's no technique to it. The truth is that faith is granted by God. God helps you to believe and can harden your heart from believing. The way the spiritual things of this life run is difficult on your own to just get up and have faith. It's God that imparts faith into your heart. And at the time he looked and said, Pharaoh, he will not believe. Ah, Moses said, why not? You are sending me to him. I've hardened his heart. God took the credit, if I may use that expression, for the unbelief in the life of Pharaoh. And it didn't sound unjust. And it is not unjust. The reason is because certain things lead to the other things. And when we are looking at those, these are the fruits of life. Not the seeds thereof. Pharaoh had planted the seeds that made him the candidate for the hardening of hearts. I hope you are getting my point here. And that was the problem was. So let's bear it in mind. Faith is something that God imparts. Now, we are looking at this again, the higher purpose for Christian prayer. We've looked at the issue of Solomon. Okay, let's just talk about these three people who prayed. Not one of them was begging for food. Not one of them was asking for anything for himself. Not one of them, or herself, They there's herself there. We're looking at three people, Solomon, number one. Two, the centurion. And then, number three, this Canaanite woman, this Syro-Phoenician women, if you read the, or the other accounts. They were not asking for anything for themselves. Let me tell my story again. i like to tell it. Ruth. The story of Ruth. Ruth in the Bible. One of the great-great-great-grandmothers of Jesus Christ. Ruth in the Bible, we know her because she followed Naomi back home. And of course, remember that very famous quote, Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you will die, I will die. Where you are buried, where I will be buried and all of that. Let's go over the story again. There's a man took his wife Naomi and his two sons and they went into Moab. Then the two boys died. Oh, the man first died. Then the two boys died. The boys have become men. Remember, they are taking wives. And therefore, they now left this woman a childless widow. If the man had just died and she had her two sons, it's bad, but at least they would take care of her. But now the boys were dead, the father was gone, so she decided to return home. Then the two girls said, "Well, since you are our family, we'll go back with you." Naomi turned to them and said, "No. Listen to this, listen to this. There is nothing at home for you. Let's think about you. There is nothing at home for you. If you follow me home, because the tradition was that they were supposed to marry the younger ones of the men who died. He said, look, I'm not going to have more children. I'm not, even if I could, are you going to wait till they are old? Let's just go back home, settle yourself. Think about your future. Plan for your career. I hope you're getting my point here. You to make a name for yourself. You have to build a house. What else are you going to, you have to do something for yourself. After many years, what are you going to say you, all these years you've been laboring? What do you come out of that um, company with? What do you come out of civil service with? Plan for your own future. You know, many of the good counsel we hear in life, they are actually very, very opposite of, um, of godly. <laughs> Let me do it like that. I don't want to use the word satanic or god. Okay, yes, I have a good word. They are worldly. Exactly what Naomi said to Ruth and Hopper. And upper looked and found it very reasonable. Very, very reasonable. Let me say something to you again. The counsel of Satan hardly seems bad. If you analyze it very well, it's always very good sounding. It's, watching out, it's very reasonable. You're watching out for your good. Jesus was speaking one day, and Peter turned to him and said, No, no bad thing will happen to you. What do you mean? They are going to deliver you to the Gentiles? You'll be beaten. You'll be crucified. Are you a common criminal? Not while we are alive. We will fight till death to make sure it doesn't happen. You'll have thought that Jesus said, Ah, this is my good friend. This guy is so dedicated. You know, what is highly esteemed in the eyes of men is lowly esteemed in the eyes of God. If somebody told you that, you know, maybe if I said that, man, I'm going to suffer. He said, Pastor, you will never suffer. As long as we are alive. Ah, I'll go and tell my wife that brother is so dedicated. He's so committed. He's so faithful. He's so loving. You know that's what Jesus said to Peter. Does that not what he said? Ah, uh-uh. what do you mean? He didn't say faithful Peter, loving Peter, dedicated Peter. He didn't say that. You said no? Yes. You uh-huh. said yes. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus was ruthless. He was not kind. In quote, you're yeah, yeah, getting my point. Uh-uh. Okay, even if you think it is Satan, you must just say it like that. You can just say, Peter, come, let's talk. Thank you very much. I appreciate your concern. But let's look at it. No, Jesus looked at him. He saw the threat to destiny that Peter had constituted himself into. He shouted, get behind me, Satan. Go and be thinking about that one first. Why should I get behind you? Because you are not setting... That's the point. You are not setting your mind on the interest of God, but the interest of man. That is, you are so focused on my own personal interest. You don't realize you should look beyond my interest and interest and go. I look at the interest of God. Look out for God's interest. Who am I? That's what they were trying to say. How do you know satanic counsel in your life? Just check where the counsel is focused on. Once it is focused on you... No matter how good, usually to be from your father, your mother, your best friend, or oftentimes from Job's wife. <laughs> you get my point. Yes. Listen, and you, don't be a Satan. When you want to counsel people, don't be a Satan. Don't be a Satan. Don't let Satan use you. When you want to counsel, ask yourself, what am I about to tell this man? I'm about to tell this woman. Is it his own interest? Her own interest? or the interest of God. Say in this matter, let us look at the interest of God first. If you don't start like that, you are giving satanic counsel. You are yielding yourself to be used by Satan to confuse the people of God. Do you hear what I said? You know, I say it all the time. Christianity is radical. Why are looking sad? What have I said now? Christianity is radical. What did I say? Listen, if your Christian is always making sense to everybody, just go and pray. You have a problem. If you are not making decisions that are making you look like you are not normal, go and pray. I'm not saying you should just go out of the way, go and cross the road with your eyes closed. That's not what I mean. You say, what are you doing? I have to be radical. That's not what I mean. I mean, just go and pray. Say, Lord, what am I doing? Why is everybody agreeing with me? If the people of God are the ones that agree with you, fine, I can understand. But if unbelievers say, ah, this guy is very reasonable, just know you have a problem. No, 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 listen. Forget that one. Once unbelievers think you are very reasonable, you have a problem. Until you have made a decision that made them wonder, is this guy okay? Your Christianity is still, that is your faith. You really believe in Christ, but the practical side of it is shaky. I hope you're getting my point. Once you are doing everything everybody is doing, just be afraid that, are you sure I'm following God? Just go and pray. Go and pray first. That's what I'm going to explain. Back to what what I was saying about Ruth. What did Ruth, Naomi, do? Naomi sat down and explained to both Ruth and Opa that you have to think of your destiny. And Opa listened to her, and that was how her destiny disappeared. He that tries to find his life is the one that will lose it if you try to keep your life. But the one that decides to lose it for the sake of Christ Jesus is the one that will find it. You have to be willing to literally lose your life in different areas. Lose it. Christianity, faith is not an assurance. I know exactly what is going to happen. Faith is, I'm as confused as you, but at least I'm following the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. (laughs) There was a time faith was defined to us like, one brother said, God is waiting for your 10-year plan. I should have replied him, we we're talking about long-term planning. The problem with Christians is that Christians don't plan for long. And I hear it, I say, eh, you think it's a problem? No, that's not the problem. The problem with Christians is that they, they plan too much. Their plans are too good. That is the problem. The other one is not the problem. The other one is not the problem. And my brother was telling us this story that David made me laugh. He lives abroad in the UK. He said he has a colleague whose father bought a house. In the UK long ago. And that now the person is not paying the amount of money the rest of them are having to pay to buy a house. That's the beauty of being folded in thinking. No, calculated for us how about that fellow is saving now on a monthly basis. I all of us should think I said, I felt like I said, let's talk. So are you saying I should go and buy a house in London, or are you all right? Should I take you to GRO Enugu and show you the number of vacant houses? that the men built, but the boys don't want to live in? Was it part of his plan that the child will come to the UK? <laughs> Why are you talking like the man knew what he was doing? A man did something, stumbled along. And do you know how many houses there have been recovered by the government because the people could not pay the taxes? You know, sometimes I hear foolish counsel, and I wonder, how can Christians believe this kind of thing? Should I take you to Independence Layout and and see how these are rotten? Men build. Their children are not interested. To follow that counsel, then I have to be building houses like birds, all over the globe. Because what if my son decides to go to Romania? Maybe he finds himself in Moscow. And I said my father didn't build houses in Moscow. Only built in South Africa. I hope you get my point. Nobody can plan for those things. Don't let's be foolish. Don't let's be foolish. Don't let's be foolish. Long-term plans, forget that thing, doesn't work for Christians. It doesn't. Daily faithfulness is what matters, as far as believers are concerned. Daily what? Faithfulness. That's what matters. When they tried to focus the attention of Ruth on herself, she rejected it. Listen to me. When Ruth said, your God will be my God, I am convinced you can have a different opinion. I'm convinced that she didn't care so much about that God of Naomi as much as she cared about the welfare of Naomi. My conviction was that Ruth looked and said, Naomi is going back home alone. Who will take care of this old woman? That's what she was thinking about. It so filled her heart. If he asked Ruth, what do you want me to do? Uh, you a God. Ruth, what do you want me to do for you? She will have come to tell you, take care of my mother-in-law. I hope you are getting my point here. If he had asked her, what do you want me to do for you? She would not have said, give me a husband. She would not have said, give me a house. If she ever asked for a house and food and clothes and all of that, you can be sure of one thing. She's asking so she can use it to take care of her mother-in-law. When the woman said, I'm going back to Israel, she said, no, I'm following you. What she was thinking of is, who will be your nurse? Who will help you out when you get there? For that reason, God took faith and poured it into her heart. Faith is not how you how much you fear from believing God. That's not what faith is. Paul said, neither circumcision nor circumcision profits anything. But what? Faith that works how? What profits? You know what I realize? Most people don't know it. They don't know it. Okay, I just assumed they did. Open your book Bible, to the book of Galatians chapter 5. I, I, I thought people don't want to talk. I <laughs> Yeah, let's forget to People, they don't know all oh, this one that you are shouting. <laughs> he said, neither circumcision, non-circumcision profited anything, but what? Faith that works by love. Faith that works by love. Was I into the book into the Galatians? Alright. He said, for in Christ Jesus, verse 6, neither circumcision, nor uncircumcision means anything, this new American standard. But faith working through love. Now, for a long time, I used to wonder what that meant. It's later on God gave me the understanding. That's what he was saying. That faith that's focused on self is really very weak. I hope you're getting my point here. That was why, now remember, we began from Solomon. Solomon did not ask for, remember those things we counted? Wealth, honor, the life of his enemies. Or, long life for himself. What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom and knowledge so that he will be able to rule these great people. If you see the focus of his prayer was the effect his his um, reign will have on the people of God. If Ruth had to pray, Ruth's prayers at that point, you see, it's what's on your heart. When God shows up and says, what can I do for you? Let me tell you the truth. You will not remember those mundane things. It's what you have been thinking about For a long time. It's what has been important to you that will come up to your heart to ask him for. I am convinced that was Ruth's issue. Naomi. We read the story of two people in the New Testament. That's in in, in Matthew now. You also find it in the book of Luke. One, both of them were not Hebrew Jews. Both of them, now, if you read the other account, you see that that's Roman centurion. The Jews had to intercede with Jesus for him to listen to that man, actually. That he has been good to us. He built us a synagogue and all of that. So he said, you should do this for him. So he said, all right, no problem. I'll come. It's because of the intercession of the people around. They now encountered the man. And the man knew the attitude of Jews to foreigners. So he said, you are not, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but speak the word only. He now began to teach because I'm a man under authority and I also have soldiers under me. If I get signal from Rome, do this, I do it. If I tell my soldiers, do this, they do that. You get my point? He said, I know you have authority. Just speak the word only, and my servants will be well. Ah, just look at him and said, see revelation. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He said, this man is preaching. Did you hear that? This man just gave me an analysis of spiritual, you know? Let me explain something to you here. You know what Jesus used to say at such times? Flesh and blood did not reveal this one to you. For the man to have connected that, Jesus knew that this is not flesh, this is not blood. What produced great faith, listen to this, it was because his prayer was not focused on himself. It was focused on his friend, his servant. If you see the story Jesus told us at a point in time, he said, which one of you, right, the, you, you go and knock on the door of your friend. Or, no, your friend comes to knock and asks for what? How many loaves? Three loaves. What was the reason he asked for the three loaves? He said, somebody has come. I have a friend that arrived at this night and there's nothing at home. And that's why he kept on knocking. If I'm the one hungry, I will leave you. I'll manage till morning. But I have a visitor. He just showed up. I've just welcomed me. I snuck out of the house. I just quickly sneaked out to so that he wouldn't know. But I'm not going back home until you give me the bread. So, but don't disturb. Now my children are already in bed with me. He said, you don't get the point. I have a visitor that has not eaten. He traveled. No restaurant on the way. I hope you're getting my point here. What made him persistent was because he was interceding for somebody, not for himself. I hope you're getting my point. Faith walking by love. Our faith is very weak when we are focused on ourselves. And that's why Jesus said, don't be carried with the way Gentiles pray. You know, I said it last time. Christians often pray the way unbelievers pray. The difference between the prayer of Christians a lot of times and that of unbelievers is who they are praying to. Content, the same. If the people who worship idols come and pray, you see most of our prayers from today's churches. You put them side by side. Just remove the name they are praying to. You won't be able to tell the difference. And many of us feel righteous simply because we are not praying to Amadioha. We are not praying to Obatala. We are praying to God. But let me say it again. If the content is the same, then there's something wrong with that prayer. Jesus said that, look, when you come say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Give me food, give me food, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me this, do this for me, I need this. He said, check it, this is exactly how what? The Gentiles pray. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. We're talking about the higher purpose for Christian prayer. God gave us prayer and it will supply faith in our hearts if we remove selfishness from our hearts. God gave us prayer for being a blessing to people. If you see when God called Abraham, his focus was on what? I will bless you, you will be a blessing. The focus was on, I will bless you so much, you will be a blessing. Selfishness in prayer waters down the faith. So now make it worse, if there's competition in the prayer, oh God, that is is the definition of unbelief. But these are the things we are asking for it's now based on competition. Everybody else has done it. What are you going to do for me? Don't pass me by. Last year you did for this person. This year, last, The other year you did for this person. Of all my friends, I'm the only one remaining. God, what is going on? Listen to the word of God. You're going to be there for a very long time. No matter how justified you feel, you will be there for a very long time. I gave us a challenge some time ago. I forgot to follow up on it. How many months is that that time? I think six months. That for six months, just forget yourself. For six months, forget yourself in prayer. Anytime you want if you have to think about yourself is righteousness. Are you getting my point? Righteousness, that is holiness. Holiness unto the Lord. That's your own focus for yourself. If you are hungry and you are tempted to ask for food, say, Lord, my shall not live by bread alone by every word that proceeds from your mouth, give me that daily bread, the spiritual bread. That's what I'm asking for. Your prayer for yourself, just focus it on spirituality. Repentance. Say, Lord, you see, I still get angry very easily. I still get jealous when somebody else prospers. I realize that for two days I'll be praying. One of my friends bought a car since that time. I've been praying and believing God. That's a sign of jealousy. Oh, you don't realize it friend of yours makes pray, progress. You're now praying. You say, what if I'm not jealous? You'll be giving thanks for him. You'll lie him and say, ah, Lord, I thank you at last. Man, this guy has suffered enough. This breakthrough you give him for that thank you. He shows, ah, you're so happy for him. You fall asleep rejoicing for somebody else. You find that you're always like, ah, God, what's happening to me? What's, what's Listen, don't feel bad. It just, it's called carnality. It's, you're not the only one. It's very common. What, you, what should you do? Pray it out of your life. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to bring out. That's your own prayer for yourself. Say, Lord, ah! One guy told me that he just made that, you uh, just hit that contract and things are going to turn around. Ah! I began to think about me. I've been here for five years. I said, Lord, I want to pray. That thing that made me think of myself and I was not overwhelmed with rejoicing for my brother. Habba. It shouldn't be like that. But beyond that, take six months. I said it that time. And I wish it was possible. I don't know what how many people can do it. No, no, no. It's not that what I mean by possible. I wish it was possible for you to write down the answers God has given you to prayer last six months. And then compare what your life would be like for the next six months. And the amount of testimonies you have. I wish it was easy to do. That small study to compare the two. And I'm telling you, as, as God lives, you will see a max difference in your life. One man, they say, some of the reasons why we don't get answers to prayer that we are too focused somewhere in the wrong place. Jesus said, I have not seen faith like this, not in the whole of Israel. And the person was not asking for anything for himself. He wasn't saying, I'm sick. He wasn't saying, I need food. He wasn't saying, I need anything. He just said, please, my servant who I love is sick. He's seriously sick. Please help me. And then God taught revelation, give him understanding. Jesus said, and I didn't say this one, I'm the one adding it to it. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this one to you. It's my Father who is in heaven that has revealed this to you. Because this kind of faith, it doesn't come naturally. Great faith is an impartation of the Spirit. Nobody can get it by himself. Nobody can get it by herself. It's not possible. It has to be an impartation of the Spirit. And I'm explaining again today. The higher purpose of Christian prayer, stop praying for yourself. That is, you are too occupied to yourself. That's why prayer is hard. That's why faith is difficult. That's why results are scanty. The Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman as Matthew wrote about her, the woman was praying for her daughter. My daughter is gravely tormented. Jesus said, Look, look, we shouldn't give the children's meat, the children's bread, and give it to dogs. Insult, you not know the color racism, that was Canaanitism. No, look, if it's today, headlines. Bishop calls church member, newcomer, a dog. They will blast. The, any any supermarket that carries any Jesus poster, uh, what they call t-shirt, nobody will go there again. Why? He calls somebody a dog. It's racism. You know, the, the CNN, will start, you know, CNN will not leave the matter alone. The next two weeks, we are talking about discrimination in the church. The woman said, a place. We'll settle the matter of racism later. Right now, my daughter is seriously tormented. They say, we are dogs. No problem. So I have a question. Do they have dogs in your family? Jesus said, yes. When you you and your brothers were eating when you were young, things didn't fall down. It did. When they ate the ones that fell down, were you angry? Jesus said, no. He said, that's what I'm asking for. (laughs) You know, Jesus looked again and said, wow. And I'm convinced of it, you know. You assume that Jesus knew everything when he was on the earth, but actually the Bible makes it clear that he did not. I hope I hope I get my point. Yes, he's, you know, to know everything is the glory of God, and he laid down his glory. So if he knew everything, the glory was not laid down. I mean, he had to eat. Are you getting my point? He had to eat. He used to eat. All right. And you say, how do you know he didn't know everything? He was asking questions. When Lazarus died, what did he say? Where have you laid him? He didn't just say, oh yeah, everybody follow me. They laid him over there.
0: <laughs>
1: he asked to ask, where have you laid him? They told him. They said, let us go. One, one boy was sick. He asked the father, how long has he been like this? He didn't say, hmm. Six years ago, he became like this. <laughs> Papa prophesied. Forget that thing. <laughs> I must say, of course, there are times he said things like that. But though it's not a... Look, there are times Elijah will say, The Lord has not agreed to reveal this one to me. Elijah, sorry. He said, This one, the Lord has kept it from me. So, even Jesus experienced that. So, please bear it in mind. He used to. Okay, so that's why he will ask questions. All right? It's only what the Holy Spirit will reveal each time that he will know supernaturally. Okay? So, what I'm going to say is that at that point, when that lady said that, I have this conviction, just a personal thing, you can disagree with that. Okay? It's just my own personal thing. I have this conviction. That, at that point, he discovered some that ah, you guys are digging things from strange places here. He said, Oh, that is true. That is true. That is true. The revelation of dog sheep, sorry. <laughs> All right. It was that woman that got it. And then she collected. But now nah, the point I'm to make is that she didn't have time for offense. Oh, she didn't have time for offense. A lot of us are too quick to take offense. The way they greeted me when I came to that, that fellowship, I'm not going back there. <laughs> you met the wrong guy. <laughs> the woman said, look, I don't have time for offense. You know, let me give you my personal experience there. There are preachers that people have told me, okay? Some bad things about them, especially, or have not, and they're not lies. true. True stuff. Especially in the area of Racism. And the picture is white, and I'm, I'm an African man. You know, um, I'm black. I'm not black and proud. I'm just black. There's nothing to be proud about. There's no white man's never come to say I'm white and proud. So what is this black and proud nonsense? <laughs>
0: that,
1: that's my attitude. I'm just black. I'm, I, I like the way I am. I'm not black and proud. I mean, I'm just black. Are you getting my point? It's a normal thing. Nothing to be proud about. Nothing to be angry with. I'm just black. Amen. <laughs> So, oh, this man, racism, 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 racism. I have a friend though, who, once I wanted to give him some messages. Okay, I was talking with his wife. He said his wife well, said that they used to live in a part of the U.S. and they saw racism. And this was Southern, this was in Texas, actually. And, that, um, and it was a part of Texas where the Texan accent is very strong. You know, this Texan draw, you know? So, and the preacher was telling him to listen to, has a text, and he said, the wife thinks that my husband does not listen. That entire that he hears them, it invokes the memories that things they went through when they were living in that part of the U.S. I understood, though, but, you know, I said, personally, the way I behave, when it comes to the word of God, start the message by saying, thank you. Phew, you, you know, Just say something nonsense. What can do anything to me at the beginning of the message. I'll just put it in on mute. When I know you're finished abusing me, I will release the mute, then I'll continue listening to you. That's why I am. I'm able to separate the instruction of the word of God you are giving from your personal bad behavior. And Jesus said it like that. He said, you see the Pharisees? They sit in the seat of Moses. He says, do as they say, but not as they do. That's what he said. What did he say first? He said, they are sitting in the seat of Moses. That is, they are handing the law. They are reading out Moses to you. He said, they don't obey the law themselves, though. But please, do what they are saying once they are reading the law. But as they are doing, just ignore them. What well, I was doing to a preacher in my house, this is not a report of this man is racist. The man was, was bellowing out racism. You no, know they call Belua racism? When he belches, boom, racism. Cough, oh, racism. Talk, oh, racism. It was coming out. See, insult. I'll listen to the message. He said, what does this president mean? It preached long ago that this man tried to grant, you know, like equal rights or voting rights to black people that came out of the jungle the other day. He said he's a stupid president. I- so, you know what I was doing? I was laughing.
0: <laughs>
1: I was rolling with laughter. I told my wife, come on hear this one, come on hear this one. I'll play for my wife. You he hear what he said? He said, Black people just came from the jungle the other day that Africa is full of disease. I will laugh. When he said i oh, come my wife I said, Come on, listen to this again. I told my wife said, after went, my wife said, Please, my husband, please, I'm, I'm curious. Why are you listening to him? It was when she asked, I realized there was a problem. He said, I don't understand. Why are you listening to him? I say, oh sorry he knows some things I've never heard anybody else explain I have two of that man's books that is is one of those people that read their bible they don't read in English they read in Greek when they want to read New Testament they pick a Greek New Testament and start reading so when he's teaching in church he's interpreting it for you as he's explaining it he knows it he may not have all the understanding but the one the one he knows he knows it like a bullet i don't know the meaning of that but i mean <laughs> he knows it ah i have two of his books that turned my okay if you ever hear me say this thing that those that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength that does not mean to fast or to pray it means to take yourself and wrap yourself with God and depend on him for strength. It was him that took the Hebrew word apart and explained it to me. He said that that word comes from how they manufacture rope. That you take a strand of rope and you twist it with another one. And you twist them it becomes thick. He said those who twist themselves on the Lord shall renew their strength. That's what the Hebrew was saying. It's from him I learned it. When the man will give some codes for resting in God. Ha, ha abuse me abuse my father abuse my mother is your problem when, when you are abusing our family i will put pause i will put mute i will first listen to it once see the areas where you are abusing the whole generation of black people i will mark it when it get to there i will just put mute when you finish i will release it again continue hearing the revelation of god that is where i am let's get back to our main message don't take offense easily eh? don't take offense easily Ah, my wife would tell this one of the things if you we were around during the um, business by the spirit seminar. So there was like she wanted to make she was so angry one man, she ordered something from me in the nature. The man did that, did that, she was so angry. You didn't know me. I had sat down and calculated. That when you finish vaccine for this for this man, what are your options? I checked, checked, I said, I said, who else manufactures this? And the other people, do you know them? No. You have to travel to go and find another one? Yes. Find a way to show your anger, but still buy from this man. so, but still buy. You know, just use style. Just manage him until you have an option. It turned out that she called the man and did what I said. The man said that if she had done what she planned to do, he was planning to return her money and never sell to her again. You think you get strong head? The man too, get
0: <laughs>
1: But now they became friends. I hope you're getting my point. So, please, be, be slow in taking offense. Yeah. I hope you're getting my point. Be slow in taking offense. Your neighbor did not greet you. It means he does not like you. How did this greeting feed you? he doesn't greet you, greet him. If he doesn't answer you, stop greeting him. That's how I behave. After a while, I will be, mm-hmm. just a go not say I won't quarrel with you. I greet you once, you don't answer me. You don't greet me at all. I greet you two times, you stop answering. Then, Next, we'll just be driving past each other. I won't quarrel with you. For what? Maybe I just discovered that this life, there are so many things to use your energy for, your emotional energy, that I won't be wasting on people who want to cause trouble. As I like WhatsApp, this blocking principle. So, if you don't block the person, there's no need for a quarrel. So I, my message, I, I don't... Bross, I don't block you. Why? Why? They... <laughs> I'm just emphasizing something here. Look, let's not take offense very easily. Back to our message. Let's sit on our message, okay? The woman refused to take offense, but the reason, the motivation for it, Mike Mudock said that when you have vision, strength will come. That vision gives strength. The reason why she wouldn't take offense was because the suffering of her child was real to her. Her child's suffering was real. And that was the basis, you know, That was where her strength came from, to intercede. That was where her strength came from, from, to beg, to pray to the Lord. And God looked at it and put faith in her heart, gave her understanding that she opened her mouth and even Jesus marveled. The point is that she was not asking for something for herself. Let me say this one to us again. God has sent us to this world to come and change the world To come and affect this generation. And I've told you, anybody can travel anywhere they want to go to. I don't have a problem with that. But it hurts my soul when a Christian is thinking like a beggar. I hope you're getting my point. When a Christian says that if I go here, I will be more comfortable. You were not created for comfort. I hope you're getting my point. You were not created for comfort. Comfort is a is a freebie. You know what I mean? when you talk about freebies, it's one of those freebies that is given to you in life. You were created for purpose. You were created for what? Purpose. There is something, and purpose usually has to do with solving a problem. It usually has to do with solving a problem. The man I like to give us an example there is Joshua in the Bible. Joshua, did he doubt God? No answer me. don't seem to be sure. Did Joshua doubt God when they said, you can enter the promised land? Did he believe they could take the promised land? Now, pause. Let's go somewhere else. Who were those that were in the wilderness for 40 years? Okay, sorry. Why were they in the the wilderness for 40 years? Because of what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Now, did Joshua participate in unbelief? No. 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 No, he did not. Did he enter the promised land a day ahead of those who, who disbelieved? Why now? Why didn't God just carry him and kill him? See me and i go inside. Leave the rest of them here. I'll give you the answer. It's very simple. The answer is that Joshua was created, was birthed, life was given to him to take the people into the promised land. So as they were unbelieving, as they were disbelieving and rebelling, so was Joshua's destiny being affected. God said, you know why I created you? You, are, you will help them possess the land. So you cannot go inside there to be lying down and sleeping while they are roaming around the wilderness. You will join them to roam around. So you can be touched with the feeling of their infirmities. Some of you run running up and are looking for where life is quiet. Your destiny is just disappearing. You don't understand. That's not supposed to be a joke. God say, you, are looking for, you want to enter the promised land. Those who I sent you to take in, they're in the wilderness. But yeah, now enter. Some of the problems you complain about. God said, why do you think I created you? Why do you think I created you? It's for that problem's sake, now? Did you not know see that there was a time darkness was upon the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God now moved to Mars because Mars was good. No. He saw the problem on the earth. He spoke to it and began to recreate things. So the same problem is not new. That's the life of Christians. They're supposed to see problems. Running from them is what the iniquity is. So you see giants. they we never see giants before. Some people get to heaven. They look at you and say, he ran because of giants. Man, you can't stay in this heaven. He <laughs> <laughs> said, Lord, I have a protest. This guy ran from giants. How are we going to fellowship? So God said, okay, send him to a Let him go and fight his own giant. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Said, you know, it's so easy to read the stories of the Bible and you not call your son David or you won't call your name David. A lot of Christians, there was a wave one time who were picking new names. One of the most precious names was David. A lot of Christians became David by force. Very funny. You know, it's easy to fight giants when it's in the book. (laughs) It's in the book now. It's easy. When I give you small giants of hunger, (laughs) small pay, (laughs) power failure, bad road. Say, what kind of rubbish government is this (laughs) one? They'll say, wait, wait. I thought you changed your name to David. What do you think? You think David became David because his father had a nice sofa in the house? Say, do you know how David became David? I'll tell you. He was out there tending sheep, fighting mountain lions, bears that didn't know where they were supposed to pass. He warned them seriously, while composing music and seeing visions of heaven. You know the only reason why Israel knew about David? There was a Goliath. If there was no Goliath, why would they sing about David? You saw small problems. This You uh, forgot that boy started a few years ago. That's how you abuse Jonathan. Abuse of uh, Yaradua. You abuse of Asunjo, You abuse uh, Abdusalami, Shoneko. Yaradua. Sorry, Abacha. Before that, you were not born. <laughs> you are busy people for a very long time. You know, I have a few brothers, supposed to be friends. I don't like talking to them anymore. And one of them, I'm hoping that God will give me the opportunity to talk to him. I said, "Listen, I hope you know you're a negative person. I just want to tell him, even if it's the heat of anger, but I want him to hear it. You're a Christian, but you are baseline negative. Every time you pass a comment on something, you always come from the ne- negative angle. You get excited when bad things happen, and you try to you wonder why we're excited when something good happens." Your viewpoint of the world is a reflection of your own character. You've heard that before. It's not a quote from me. As he said, that a lot of people don't realize it. That the way they describe the world is often a reflection of their own character. Maybe what they do is spend time whining and whining. Not realizing that it's their destiny that's going away like that. That is, every day destiny is being wiped away. Joshua did not disbelieve. Unbelief was not found in him. God mentioned, Caleb mentioned Joshua. These are my people. So the only thing I will do for them is that they will they will live beyond the 40 years. Every other person 20 years and older will die over the next 40 years. But Joshua and Caleb, they will live. They will not die. But leave the wilderness, no. They are not leaving any wilderness. They are staying there until the whole of Israel is ready to go in. Why? The reason why I made these guys is to help the people possess the land. You know, the, the longer I live, the more I read the scriptures, the, more the longer I walk with the Lord on you know, a daily basis. Now what I want to say, don't laugh for, and don't be angry with me. The more I realize that, okay, I'll say it in a very spiritual way. <laughs> the more I realize that you need faith to enjoy this life. Okay, what I was going to say in the Can way before is this, the more I don't like this life. What I mean is this. just said like that, all these are troubles. So let me say it like that. As a younger person, you thought your job was to escape from the trouble. But as I was getting, as I'm getting older, I realized that no, the trouble is yours to solve. And I found out that as you finish solving one trouble, he brings the next one across your way to solve. I discovered over the last few months that there is no point of rest on this earth if you are not in it spiritually already. I don't know what I what I'm gonna say. That point does not exist. It's not that when I finish building my house, I won't be paying landlord again. Then, uh-huh, I know Inugu is a good place. You know, only foolish young men who have not achieved anything talk nonsense like that. Those who own houses don't say such crap. Yeah, it's true. My friend lives in the U.S. told me something once. It was, was in Nigeria, so we were talking. So he, he took a call. His wife and him, they spoke on before. His wife was there. He now said something that he said, oh, that is the problem with, with owning the house. That's why I've called him now, Daddy. and if you know the way U.S. is, he lives in Texas. It's hot, humid, so the A.C. is not, in fact, last time I was in his house, he said, look, that uh, now, that, he told me that since he's moving to this house, he has never opened the windows. He said, now you should understand that one, many times we are driving, I tell, he wants to wind down. He said, this is the only time he gets to breathe fresh air, so he can understand how it is. So they said that. So his wife come that the AC was not working. So he had to call from Nigeria, get the, get the number of the technician to come to the house. They had to fix it urgently because there's no other way. You know, like central AC. Now he now said, he said, "Look, this is the problem with owning the house." He said, "When I was renting, I called the landlord. He said, that is his problem. He has to fix it." And as a matter of fact, if you have a good house, you spend enough money. Maintaining it, that it will have used to pay that it would have been enough to pay a landlord. The other day, my wife called me. Please come, come, come to the back. Hey, Father God, you know. When I got there, there was no serious trouble. Amen. She showed me something. She showed me something. I said, all right. So I called Bishop. Bishop came and said, Ah, sir, we'll put down the fence. I said, what? Said so from here to here has to go down. Uh, why? He said, that, you know, maybe water got under the foundation. He said anyway, we will we'll put on the fence. I said, Amen. You no, know, God has taught me. Don't be thinking too much. According to Orlando, that musician, you shouldn't think it too much. What has happened has happened. <laughs> It just said to me, "He said from here to here, this whole segment, we will put it down. And let's see what is under there. We may have to pour concrete under and then rebuild it again. I hope you are getting my point. This life is, you are constantly so. If somebody tells that, you see, once you just get to America, life go easy. You have been deceived. You have been deceived. You have been deceived. There is no point in this life where everything is just easy, when you are single, they say your problem is that you don't have a wife. <laughs> Amen. So finally, you decide to be praying. Hey Father, you made I for Adam. I'm sure when I was created, they- 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 Pastor Baptist said the Bible says you quote me, you quote the scripture, you quote everything. So I said, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and <"Ange-Dina, laughs> follow him. That was how. You came and told us you want to marry Angelina. So all of us too, we wore suit, we wore Agbada, we wore everything. We followed you. After that now, the Lord is good. You've been calling me, calling the cable, tape, calling my wife. <laughs> <laughs> they told that when you marry your other, we, we end. You've not seen that they lied to you. So, the Adam, look, God, the woman that you gave to me was your idea. Was it idea? It was your idea. I'm serious. I understand your problems. I know what God is saying. You will solve it too. You will solve it too. You, that is, you must solve it. You go and pray. You go and find scripture. You will solve it. The one day, you might, first year, second year. they can begin to pray. Begin, Okay, they don't want to begin now. They you come to work, you are say, why? The child did not let us sleep. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> a new set of problems. And after a while, you know, the children will scatter the house. They are going. Then finally, one day they should just grow up. So that at least they can be able to arrange themselves. You can't be beating everybody every time. After beating somebody, you know, oh, my God, no problem, no problem, no problem. Just wait for a few years. Then one day they are all teenagers. Say, so we are going out. Where again? <laughs> you start wondering where are they going? What are they doing there? Who are your friends? Somebody comes to your house one day with one kind of haircut. You call your son. Is that guy your friend? You say, yes. How can he be your friend? Look at his hair. Daddy, there's nothing wrong with it. What do you mean there's nothing wrong with it? How can there not be nothing wrong with his hair? That's all I view. Every solution is a problem in itself. I learned that recently, so problems don't worry me anymore. You know why? It's just the current assignment for the day. As I solve it, that solution is another problem. So there's nothing like, oh, let's just solve this one. No, we we'll just work on this one. That's it. We'll work on it for the day. It says, all unto the day is evil thereof. You know, the things we are harassing God about He's trying to invite tomorrow's trouble into today. Do you know that Jesus said, superior not today is what? The evil thereof. Said, each day is full of trouble. That's what He's trying to say. So anyone I give today, just handle it. Don't be begging me for tomorrow's trouble today. Handle today's trouble today. Just a lot of young men, look at them and say, the kind you are praying to God for. <laughs> oh, Lord. Dude. God looked at the travel of your soul. He sent Ope to Enugu. Instead of you to wake up every morning and be worshipping, you are saying my friends have... Cause No problem, no problem. No problem. Huh. No, this is when I was in Lagos. When I did not have one, but I, I had a revelation. Made life easy. I never had to queue for four. And that was the time of first cassette. I was just jumping from one bus to another. Listen, just pray to God then eh, to give you your trouble in the time you can handle it. I hope you're getting my point. It's an important prayer. Say, God, don't bring any trouble I can't handle to me now. There are troubles in life. Oh, let me try and sit on my message because sometimes people don't look, you're looking for trouble that's not your own. The trouble that's your own, God will give you the grace to handle it. But if you go and beg for trouble that's not your own, what I mean is that you have not yet reached the season. Like I see people actually saving money because they want to go to holiday abroad. You should know your head is not correct. This is holiday, holiday, holiday. I decided that is is madness people just buy. How can you save money for a whole year to go on holiday day for three weeks? Are you okay? You should understand that some things the Bible said you know shall be added unto you. you know, that some things are not projects. They're not projects. You can't save money to blow. What's wrong with you? Any holiday that's taking more than 10% of your income is too expensive. I derived that from scripture. I derived that my 10% from the principle of tithing. God says you should take 10% of what you have earned and waste it. That is chop, chop, chop. Look, you want to carry your wife, your children to travel to London for holiday. Make sure you are earning all the ticket money and all the expenses money in less than a month. If it's not up to that, forget it. It's nonsense. I'm telling you the truth. Don't be looking for trouble that's not your portion. Anyway, how did I get there? I need to know what I was saying. Hmm. No, anyway, we have finished that one. Eh. I think we have finished the matter of taking offense. We, we now went to something else. Eh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So Joshua was stuck in the wilderness because that was his purpose in life. That's what I'm going explained. So, we are not running up and down looking for where we'll be comfortable. We're not running up and down trying to settle ourselves permanently. No. There is no resting place physically on this earth. There is none. That's why as believers, we must enter into the rest of God early in life. That whether you are broke or you are not broke, enter into rest. The rest you need is a spiritual rest. That is, one day you have a house that has nine rooms, you have a jacuzzi. It shouldn't be more comfortable for you in your spirit, in your soul, than the small two-bedroom apartment you are managing. You have to attain rest in that small place. God will lift you. I'm not saying he won't. But if you get to a point, you will not be so excited about it. That's a matter of fact. He will lift you. But you must enter rest early. Enter rest first. So that even if this is where God leaves you, you derive the joy from inside you. The joy will kill all the sorrow outside. Then it can lift you up, and then the new challenges of life will not look like trouble. But if you force yourself into a new realm of life, you will now see that up there they are running to is trouble. You know, many of those small, small boys that will look, money will just hit them. Wham. Maybe other than politic, political money or crooked money. We won't go and buy one expensive car. Then the car starts breaking down when the money is no longer coming. That's when they know how costly the car they bought is. So the car did not start. The mechanic will tell you it's one fifty thousand to buy the part. You look like, are you serious? Look, all those homers, those, Where did they go to? There was a time Homer wouldn't let you sleep. Where are they? You know they just vanished. It's as if somebody just switched them off. The way they left the road. Why? Because people just rushed, ah, grab their future. When they could not handle it. And be careful. Like I keep on saying, please don't compare yourself with people. I talked to a man once. When he finished describing his life for me, I was in his office. <laughs> mm-hmm. He go here. We're just gisting and gisting. Anytime he go to Abuja, he stays in um, the Hilton. You know? says in Hilton. Uh, so I said, Hilton, is that not? And it doesn't stay in, you know, we have a single room, there's nothing like that. It stays in the suites. And in case you don't know, that's two fifty, three hundred thousand 300000 a night. i am even just crying about it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All night. <laughs> Exactly. It has a whole year's rent for better flat. One year's rent. It's one night. Flies, of course, business class, international, you know, stuff like that. I was talking. And I said, Ah, sir. Now, you pay $300,000 a night? He said, No, 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 I don't pay that amount. I said, You don't? He said, No, no, that's the advertised rate. That I pay 30% of whatever they advertise anywhere in the world. Once it's Hilton, I pay 30%. Ah, you get shares for there. Well, how are they giving you 30%? He said, no, I belong to a particular club. I don't know why he brought out the card and showed me, or just a particular card he carries. I said, eh, how did that happen? He said, oh, I own an apartment in Trump Towers. That apartment is $3.5 million. I said, okay. (laughs) Now, it's what he said that made me laugh, that I want to refer to. So said, the problem with the young men is that they, start, they want to enter into that phase, not know what it costs to get there or how to stay there. They just look at people who are here from outside. You know, you see him, he the Hilton, then you go and sell your father's land because he said, to meet big men, you stay in the Hilton. The <laughs> after you stay in the Hilton for, you know, two weeks. <laughs> you're broke. <laughs> your father has disowned you. <laughs> and you have not met, you've, you've greeted many big men, but now nah, I greet you go good job. <laughs> that's where the whole thing ended. He said to me that day, he said, look, people don't know the season to enter into some things. That for him, is not struggle. He doesn't have to think about it. And he, he told a number of stories to show that it has actually helped his life. So he said for him, look, he has some, that's, that's where he does business, that's how he lives. And it's not a struggle. For young people want to do that, say, this is the level. They say, when you are going to be a millionaire, you dress like a millionaire. Listen to me. That is the road to poverty. I hope you're getting my point. I'm the one telling you. do deceive you. Nobody should deceive you. What you cannot afford, don't wear. I'm telling you. When I was young, I thought that if you buy one expensive suit, you have made. I found out that buy expensive suit. That's expensive dry cleaning. You can't put water inside it now. You can't put you dip it inside water. Your your will just melt. You are watching.
0: <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One day I saw them calculate. I mean, nobody know what they call Bugatti. You, I know you have never seen it. You've you've heard it in rap music, and that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Bugatti is a two million dollars sports car. Sports car. If they dash it to you, reject it in Jesus' name. You have to. You have to. Unless somebody, as they are giving it to you, somebody else buys it. Even if he buys it at 50% discount, collect the money. One million dollars is a lot of money. Collect it. Because if they give you the car, the day I read how, to, how the cost of maintaining it, the guy now calculated for that it costs $1,000 a minute to own a Bugatti. That it costs $1,000 a minute to own it, not to buy it to keep it moving, equivalent of $1,000 a minute. He gave the calculation. It's a heavy car. Forget the fact that it's a sports car. It's heavy. It grinds tires out. He has special tires, so you showed how many kilometers you need for those tires. Oh, they don't change the oil in Udejuku's shop. Let me just let you know. The oil is replaced, it's special oil that's replaced in airtight chambers. So please, leave the Bugatti music for the rap music. They dash you. Say, thank you. Not interested. I'm telling you <laughs> telling the truth. So many times people are looking for, it. the day I found out, they said, if you, if you dash me Rolex, I won't even take it from you. Give me Rolex. Amen. Pastor, this is for you. You have been a blessing. I said, hold up, I said, is that a Rolex? How much is it? He said, $4,000. Can I have the money? I'm not ju- What I've told you, unless me and you are not close, if you are close, I'll go look how many of you and i buy them. Three of you. Call the three people. I'll go sell this thing. Hmm? Bring the money. I know what to do. I know what God is telling me to do with the money. <laughs> because one day I found out that if he misses time, if time is no longer correct, you don't just take it to Abuki at the junction, no. You send it somewhere, and it's $500 each time. Even if I have the money, is it the will of God? Is that, are you a church? Why should I be giving you offering? <laughs> you a man of God. Come on, let me know. I'm not The Lord is good. But I get into this point once in a while. Maybe God just said to go and put ease in people's minds. Everybody has his own struggles. There's no point in life in which you say, I am made. No. Just enjoy. That's why I say, sufficient unto the day is what? The evil thereof. Listen, I'm talking, I'm I'm vexing for Rolex now. Sure, you know it's a sign of poverty in, in a small level. Are you getting my point? It's because $500 is money to me. What am I trying to emphasize? Look, listen, just stay on your own level. Take your life one season at a time. That's the point I'm making. Joshua stayed in his season, even though it was not a matter of unbelief on his part, but because God created him to help the people enter the promised land. It doesn't emphasize. So, that's the matter of prayer. That's what we do with prayer also. It's not focused on us, trying to settle us, no. Faith, great faith is generated if we understand the purpose for that prayer. Solomon, you saw it, and God responded to him. We saw the, the centurion. We saw the Syrophoenician woman. God responded to each one of them when they understood the purpose for prayer. And like I said at the beginning, God just wants to remove selfishness from our hearts. That's what they're saying. Selfishness from our hearts. Selfishness from our hearts. I don't. Know. I mentioned. I referred to it the other time. I don't know what I, many of us may have because the video is now trending again about the Nigerian soldier, the, the military officer, young guy, who was giving a testimony in a church somewhere, talking about how he was delivered. And you know, and at the end of the day, he said, he said, I want to ask the church for something. He said, this time, let me ask on my knees, and he knelt down. He said, please pray for the soldiers. In Meduguri, in bonus, they said, please pray for them. He said, it looks like the church is occupied with praying for prosperity. That's what I'm referring to it. He described <clears throat> how God had, had saved his life anytime, but that particular clip, you saw him describing how they, that they, they redo the side of his vehicle with bullets. So that one of his brigadiers saw it later. He said, you were inside this vehicle? He said, yes, I said, it's not possible. He said, told him to turn around, he turned to check whether there are still bullet holes remaining inside him. <laughs> You were inside this way, you were sitting down here, say yes, sir. The man said it's not possible. Because the people, they tore the car with bullets, the military jeep. And they fired an RPG at the vehicle, landed on the bonnet, and did not go off. It did not go off. Of the 20 men he had with him, only one was injured in the leg. God delivered all of them. So he said, please people, pray for us. But what I'm talking about is that he said we are occupied with praying for what? Prosperity. And that's how our faith is weak. Let's pray for something else. That's what I was saying. That's the purpose of prayer. God sent us to be deliverers. We use our prayer to bring his blessing into the environment. Get up one day, tell your wife, tell your children, today we are praying for a no state. We are praying for Buruburu, the governor. He doesn't know you. He's not coming to your house to thank you. I just pray for him. God, keep him. Give him wisdom. Drive away people, you know, that want to, you know, give him wrong counsel for their own personal purpose. Drive them away from around him. You know the truth. You know God answers those prayers. He answers those prayers. He does. You see a road leading to your house always spoiling. They will repair it. Won't they just park there? Park near there. Just bow your head. Father, in the name of Jesus, this road saves about 10,000 people on a daily basis and it's part of our city, beautiful city you have given us. Lord, I ask for this road to be repaired. Give wisdom to those who repair it. Bring resources. You don't have to stand there. Road, road, road. No. Just say the one I have said. Just say it simply like that and drive off. Next time you're passing, start giving Thanks. Do you get my point? I mean, there are issues going on in Nigeria right now. For example, border closure. The government has said, look, we're not planning to open it in a hurry. And they've been explaining the reason why they are doing it. So what they do is, how can you be closing the border? Just because you are paying more for rice. They've explained to you that we need to empower the farmers. Why would these people kill our economy for us? And whether you agree with them or not, please turn it to prayer. Just turn it to prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. Look at what the government said; it makes a lot of sense. I didn't say I really don't know, but I'm asking you: do your will in this situation. Help us. Do you know if most Christians would just do that and just pay the government of criticism that's not achieving anything anyway? Just pay it for one month. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You think you think President Buhari belongs to himself? It doesn't belong to himself. I can assure you what that is. Look, an average. President does not even know what he's doing. That's just the way life is. You get to that particular position, you made decisions. somebody you wanted. That they said you said, I said when they show you your signature. Now whether they forged it, or they signed it while you were drunk, or they made you sign, you, you won't even be able to know. You just know that they say you approved. You approved that they were abusing the president. That hey, of course, you know people like to abuse. APC change. Hmm, they appointed three men who have died into office. You know there are things that. If, if, if you are cracking jokes, I can laugh. But well, if you are talking seriously, I think you are very silly. That means you don't know the process of governance. We well, know I mean that that vetting was done two years ago. People die every day. There are those who left position of interview; they didn't get back home. They died on the road. They one. They, the, they got the. I mean, does Jam not admit people who have died? They were alive when they wrote Jam. Have we? They? they were alive. But Jam's cause. Uh, Jam results will come out months after you wrote the exam. People finish jam, going back home, they die. And then they'll post admission letter to them those days, but this is emails. They'll get email in the home. You, you passed, they admitted to University of Nigeria. Why don't you write jam and say, hey, 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 hey. they're admitting people that have died? Of course not. There's a process. So why you know, people just like to criticize. Please spare the government of criticism. It's not helping them, it's not helping you. Your faith is getting weaker. That's why you will take visa. You have you will have landed in Swaziland. thinking in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you won't know now, <laughs> because you are so eager to go somewhere. And you get that you are a slave at first labor. And I saw people go through to go, you know the other one, one I saw in TV, uh, the news a few days ago. Thirty something people found it at the back of a truck in London. Of course, they were dead. Don't. So. Dead people. One man was not describing how he almost died. It's one of those trucks. Do you know me reading it? I threw it down my phone. I couldn't finish reading it. When he, what he was describing, I got a panic attack. I had to stick you somewhere between load and the roof. Place is dark, pitch dark, of course. The people who made the truck they didn't make it for human beings. They made it for indomie noodles. Do you get my point? So, indomit noodles does not need light. So they, Close the door. He said "He's supposed to lie down there for 16 hours. One of the reasons why I don't like going to a place like America, it's not as if I'm asked to go there every day. The flight is 11 hours. Last time I traveled there, I dreaded that flight for at least two months. Then my wife said, you know, this flight is 11 hours. Say, said, what is your own now? Okay, 11 hours old. That's plain old where they are giving you food every three hours. They are smiling at you. You have in, in-flight entertainment. Just be switching channels, watching anything you like. Yet, I was dreading it because it's 11 hours. Now I make somebody lie down inside a container for 16 hours. I said, God, no, say, me? Even if I'm in Syria, I won't use that one to escape. That's just the way I am. The Lord is good. <laughs> I said, the Lord is good. Look, what am I trying to explain? When people are so full of criticism, they will find themselves inside a container. If you are so full of criticism, you will have loaded yourself inside a tin, a can, being shipped somewhere you don't know. But what did God say? Seek the good of the life. That's what He told them. He said, entreat the. Let's read that now. Then we'll close with it, and then we'll use it to pray. Jeremiah chapter 29. Now, for times, we could just jump here and there. From verse 4, Jeremiah was writing, said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. Take wives, become fathers, take wives for your sons, give your daughters to husbands, and all of that, verse seven, is where we are reading this: "And seek the welfare or the good of the city where I have sent you into exile." Listen, we are citizens of heaven, Amen. amen. So we are technically on exile from heaven, we're on the earth. Do you get what I'm going to say? He said, "And pray to the Lord on His behalf, not criticize it for the bad things He's doing. These people were even going to a land in which they were captives. He said, Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. Or in its peace, literally, in its peace, you will have peace. The same word is prosperity. In its prosperity, you will have prosperity. It is not as if God could not have done for them what he did in Egypt concerning Goshen in which he separated Israel from the rest of the people. That's just not his plan. So he said, child of God, do you live in Enugu? He said, yes. Do you live in Nigeria? Yes. He said, seek the peace of the land in which you are living and pray to the Lord for it. I did it deliberately, that what is going on on this earth, it will affect you. Because if it doesn't affect you, you will not pray. You will leave everybody here struggling, stranded. Let's rise to our feet. Let's pray for Nigeria. Let's pray for Ennubi. That is the higher purpose for Christian prayer. God is curing us of all selfishness, all focus on ourselves. That's what he's doing. First of all, let's give the Lord of thanks. Say, Father, we thank you for the privilege to walk with you. Let's begin to give the Lord of thanks again. Say, Lord, thank you for the privilege you have given me. To work with you. To bring down your goodness. To bring down your blessing onto this earth. Say Lord, thank you. For the privilege of working with you. To bring down your goodness. And to bring down your blessing onto this earth. Just give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Say Lord, we thank you. Say Lord, I thank you. For giving me the privilege. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for the commandments. Say, Lord, this evening, I want to make requests for this land that I'm living in. I'm asking you for the welfare, for the peace, for the prosperity of this land. I'm asking you to favor this land. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, favor Nigeria in the name of Jesus. Utter those words. Say, Lord, favor this nation in the name of Jesus. Whatever country you are in, you may be listening to this from another country. Pray for your country. Even if it's an Islamic country. Say, Lord, bring light into this land. Oh, pray, pray. Ask the Lord for the peace of the land. Say, Lord, grant peace. Let in Nigeria, let wars cease. Sometimes I think if I play a country like Libya, hey, they are fighting again. I say, is there nobody praying for that land? Pray for the land that you are in. Say, Lord, let wars cease. Lord, cause the kidnapping to cease. Lord, cause the roads to be safe. Lord, open the door for the advancement of the gospel. Lord, empower your people with truth and with resources. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let the light inside this country not become darkness. Remember, the light is the church. Say, Lord, we entreat you for the church in this nation in the name of Jesus let her arise, let her shine let the glory of God be seen upon her in the name of Jesus Lord cause peace and prosperity to come into the hands of your people so that they might spread truth across this land say Lord in the name of Jesus We pray from the north to the south, from the east to the west. Every corner, every angle of this land, we claim it for the Lord Jesus. And we say the peace of God, let it abide therein in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, send laborers into this harvest field. Lord, I yield myself as a laborer into the field you have called me into. This evening, Lord, I ask your favor upon this land. I pray for the head of state. Lord, he's not his own man. I pray for his deputy. He's not his own man. Holy Spirit, direct them to execute the judgment of God in this land. Direct them, Lord, to do the will of God in this land. Give them wisdom, Father God, to establish your justice. To establish righteousness. To establish the freedom with which we can serve the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Send helpers. Send Josephs to them. Send Daniels to them. Let Daniel come with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Let them come and help. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, in their cabinet, elevate the righteous... Bring down the wicked. Pray that prayer like that. Say, Lord, in their cabinet, elevate the righteous and bring down the wicked. Lord, elevate the righteous and bring down the wicked. Those who will not want progress because of their own personal gain. Those who don't love truth, bring them down. In the name of Jesus. But Lord, those who will do your will, Who establish justice who will establish righteousness by their decrees by their work, by their advice by their signatures by their influence elevate them in this government in the name of Jesus Lord let peace be our portion give us peace so that upon that peace we will spread the gospel of Jesus let our roads be safe again and let them be good Lord let the roads be safe again Lord, give wisdom to the Federal Road Safety Corps. Give wisdom to the VIOs. So that no longer we hear that a tanker, the brake failed and they ran into a market. it exploded and killed people. No, it will not happen anymore. In the name of Jesus. Give us wisdom the way you, the way you gave it to Joseph. That he solved a serious national crisis that was about to come. So that a nation that should have become poor Became a refuge for many nations around. Lord, this is what we are asking for this nation. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we recollect to mind, pray, pray, pray. I'm not finished praying. We recollect to mind the prophecies of men like Pa Elton, who described the purpose of God for this land. This land is vital in what God is doing on this earth in these last days. Lord, use this nation for your will. Use this nation for your will. In the name of Jesus. Now let's pray for Enugu State. We are in Enugu State. Let's pray for this land that we are in. In Enugu. Say, Lord, we bless our governor. We bless our governor. We ask you, Lord. He says, it's all about God. He says it everywhere. That to God be the glory. That the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is the God of Enugu. You must have seen it somewhere. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we say amen to those statements. Yeah, say that, say that. In the name of Jesus, we declare amen to those statements. As he has decreed by his authority as the head of this, that is, the the chief executive of this state. So it will be in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your gospel prosper in this land. Let Enugu be a place from which the gospel is exported to the rest of this nation and beyond. Let this land be fertile for the sake of the gospel of Jesus. Let those who dwell in be blessed. Say, Lord, let those who dwell in be blessed. Let those who love this land be blessed. Let those who invest in it be blessed. Let those who plant their seed in it reap a hundredfold. Cause this land to be fertile. In the name of Jesus, we cast out every troublemaker, every arm robber, every kidnapper, every arsonist, every murderer. You are out of our land. This land rejects you in the name of Jesus. Peace is our portion. Progress is our portion. Justice is our portion. Ah. The peace of God is our portion in this land. Let's pray again for the governor of Enugu State. Say, Lord, in his cabinet, elevate the righteous and bring down the wicked. Ask God for that. Say, Lord, in the cabinet of our governor in this state, Elevate the righteous and bring down the wicked. Let progress come. Let justice come. Let righteousness be established. Lord, we seek the welfare of this city. This city that we are in now. Now let peace reign in our city. Let peace reign in our city. Let peace reign in our city. Give our police wisdom. Give the security men wisdom. Give them a sense of righteousness. Let them know their duty. Let them know your call for their lives. And let them execute it. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. I, don't, I just think we should pray. Say, Lord, we pray against every disease outbreak. Let it not come upon this land. Begin from Enugu. Pray for Enugu. They pray for Enugu State and pray for Nigeria. Against every outbreak of diseases. The other day they talked about, uh, no, this idea I heard about monkey pox again. Say, Lord, that monkey pox stays with the monkeys. It's not coming to human beings in this land. In the name of Jesus, it will not come. We command Lassa fever to disappear into the forest. We say Ebola will not come here again. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, no plague will come upon our land. We ask you for mercy for this land. That we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Before God, who wants every man to be saved? Lord, let us use this peace to spread your gospel. Pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, let us use this peace to spread your gospel. Lord, let us use this peace to spread your gospel. In the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord thanks. Because indeed he answers prayers. Let us give the Lord thanks. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Father will thank you. Father will thank you for selfishness has been driven out of each one of us. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. the spirit of forgiveness. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are here, you are angry. You know, usually with a loved one—your father, your mother, your wife, your husband. You know, whatever. The spirit of forgiveness. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have to look in the realm of the spirit and see. <laughs> Evil spirits pushing people up and down. you start pitting the people you're angry with. And we command those evil spirits, desist in your actions in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every trouble that you are being used, that you are using somebody to cause in the life of the child of God, we command it to cease in Jesus' name. Amen. Every spirit of, you know, disorderliness, in families, in children even in workplaces being engineered by these evil spirits we command them to cease in Jesus name and we drive them out in the name of Jesus Christ out of this territory I declare peace upon your home in Jesus name I declare the favor of God upon your life in the name of Jesus but you know what you have to take hold of it the spirit of forgiveness. Father, we give you thanks. Amen. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So let's share the grace in fellowship. Are we ready? Yes. All right, one, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless five people around you this time. Five. Say this is your season.
0: Dominion and manifestation in the name
1: of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen.